You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Uh, And just to be very, very upfront, uh, Justin's my counselor. Uh, and so and it might, might be weird to, I hope I don't regret bringing my counselor up to preach to you all, but no, he's, uh, we'll talk about skepticism in a little bit, right? Um, but, but he's been fantastic for me, um, and not just because I've felt at the, like, at the bottom. Uh, it, counselors love it when they can talk to people that are, are good, looking to go to great, and, and those sorts of things. So uh, I'd encourage you to, to reach out, and I'd love to have some conversations. I know Justin would as well. Uh, and so, if you've got questions about that, we'd be happy to talk to you after the service uh, or sometime throughout the weeks. Thank you. Thank you for um, hosting Grace Point this weekend, and thank you, uh, most of all, for being a church that cares. Uh, I know that you're a church that cares uh, for God's people, and I'm very appreciative of that. Um, let's pray as we turn to God's Word. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your son, for his easy yoke and and light burden, for the forgiveness of sins that he brings to us. We thank you for him bearing our burden all the way to the cross and leaving it there. Help us to be ever mindful of that truth and in our efforts day in and day out to follow his example to bear one another's burdens in his name. Amen. I want to start right with uh, Galatians 6. I want to dive right into our text. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. This phrase, you who live by the Spirit, it's, it's an interesting phrase, um, and, and we may not know what he means unless we know what comes right before this text. Right before, in, in Galatians 5, we hear about the fruits of the Spirit. You may be, remember that, the fruits of the Spirit. So when, when he's making this transition to this exhortation uh, that he's making here in chapter 6, he's calling to mind all that he just said the fruits of the Spirit. So if we're going to enter into people's lives, if we're going to uh, try to help people with the sins uh, that they are struggling with, which is something at Grace Point happens every day, what is the spirit with which we're going to do that? With condemnation, with judgment, with criticism, with sanctimony? Are we going to look down our noses at people who are struggling with burdens? I hope not. Paul calls us to restore people gently. We are those who live by the Spirit, and he calls us to do that gently. Verse 2. Really, this is our theme verse. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ. Now, I think most of us are pretty familiar with the law of God, especially when our sin bumps up against it. Um, people talk about the three uses of the law in confirmation class. You might remember that. Curb, mirror, guide. Curb keeps us on the path, keeps us moving, right? Keeps us uh, from jumping out of God's will for us. 
a mirror shows us our sin, shows us our need for Jesus, great function of the law, and then guide out in front of us, teaching us what it means to follow Jesus. And then I think of a fourth use of the law, which you will not find in any catechism probably, but I think of it as the brick wall. So sometimes the law functions like a brick wall, and we slam into it, and life hurts, and we're bearing burdens. And it happens that way, often for people. So the law of Christ, though, seems a little bit different than the law. What is this law of Christ? What does it mean? Well, we know that the law of Christ is the law of love. It's the law of grace, the law of restoration, the law that brings us back into a relationship with God after we've hit the brick wall of the law that we're all familiar with. It is the law of forgiveness. Verse 3. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. So which is it, Paul? Bear one another's burdens or carry your own load. Sometimes it seems like the Apostle Paul does this in some of his writings, where it's like, which is it? Is it that we carry each other's burdens or, or that we carry our own burden? And the answer is both. There will be a day when there is no more burden carrying by anyone. When we as individuals will stand before our righteous God with no one else there to bear our burdens, no one else to point us to him, all of those opportunities will be over and we'll stand there. And us gathered here will, will stand there covered by his righteousness according to his law of love. That is our hope. That's what brings us here week in and week out. It is the motivation for carrying one another's burdens. So there is time here, day in, day out, when we bear one another's burdens, when we carry one another's burdens, when we point one another to Jesus, to his law of love. I think that this text has so much for us, especially in times like these. The burdens are very real right now for people. At Grace Point, we're seeing a lot of burdens. People are anxious. Division and broken relationships can really be seen at every level of society. Individuals, families, marriages, churches, communities, teams. We see this mistrust. We see this skepticism. We see this reflexive otherness instead of togetherness. And when entire societies live under the weight of that much mistrust and skepticism, suffering occurs. Great suffering. Burdens occur. But the church is called to push back against that. With the thing that we've always pushed back with, which is the humility-filled love of neighbor, with bearing with one another. But the burdens are real, and here are the burdens that we're seeing at Grace Point uh, right now, the most of, I'd, I'd have to say. 
Now, it's important to remember that there are kind of burdens of two different types. There's burdens that seem to result from our own actions, that we, that we create ourselves for ourselves, right, according to our own sin. But then there are burdens that people don't ask for, that they don't deserve, but that they have to bear up underneath either way. And we're seeing both kinds of burdens. Relational brokenness of all kinds, but particularly in marriage. Obsessive thought is on an, at an all-time high. We've had a lot of triggers for uh, the anxiety that drives obsessive thought. We're seeing persistent chronic anxiety, uh, an uptick in chemical and process addictions, and process addictions are behavioral ones, a compulsive behavior that's hard to stop. We're seeing an uptick in that. Uh, read that alcohol sales went up 40% in Nebraska during the pandemic, and guess what? They haven't come down. We're seeing a lot of grief. I know in my own life, I lost my grandpa last fall uh, to COVID, a week shy of his 86th birthday. It was, uh, and it's sad. And we, as a family, walk that journey of grief. Among leaders, we're seeing the fallout of decision fatigue. Decision fatigue. Maybe some of you are leaders uh, in various places in society but we're seeing a burnout because of all the decisions that have to be made all the time because of all of these uh, out, outlying factors. And no matter what decision seems to be made by these leaders, somebody's upset about it. Somebody is upset about it, and we're seeing that impact leaders' mental health. But maybe what's most um, frustrating and sad uh, and even perplexing at times is what's happening to our children. With all the resources we have in our society, the people that seem to be suffering the worst are our children. How many of you have heard of ACEs? Any? Okay, I see a couple hands. Good. You do, huh? I've heard it the last two Yeah, okay, thanks. <laughs> ACEs. Adverse childhood experiences. Adverse childhood experiences. Now, um, researchers and the CDC have been following these for decades, ACEs. Adverse childhood experiences, charting them, categorizing them, but in the last two years, we have seen a profound increase in ACEs, adverse childhood experiences. These are abuse, neglect, but they're also disruptions in home environments, in learning environments. We think about the continuity of a child's life and how important it is for that little brain to develop in, in a context of continuity. And we have a break in worshiping continuity, learning continuity, social continuity. This is damaging to our children. And while many of us may feel like, hey, we're in Nebraska and things have kind of turned around for us, I have to, I'm thankful, talking with some of my uh, friends in big cities um, that we live here, it, it has had an impact. And what's worse is there wasn't a normal for a lot of families to go back to. I call it the windshield effect. You know what happens when you have chips in your windshield and you enter a Nebraska winter? What happens? <laughs> first cold snap and the first pothole come together and crack. There are a lot of families that entered this last couple of years with chips all over the windshield, with very little margin to begin with, and they don't have a normal to go back to. And you know who suffers the worst there? It's the children. So the burden... The burden is real. And the church, which is called to be light 
in these dark times is called to bear these burdens. Now, I've heard many church leaders um, rail against the authorities, against policies, against society and culture and its decadence and all the things that we might rail against. And I've seen talking heads on TV and people in pulpits create vast solutions in, in their minds to all of these problems. But what I haven't heard enough of is what we just heard from Paul. With humility, bear each other's burdens. Love one another as Christ has loved you. This is the call. This is what has always pushed back against the evil principalities. Why? Because it points to Jesus, where the real solution for everything is, where the eternal solution, where the eternal burdens are born. This is our hope. Now, I have to say that these burdens um, become hard, day in, day out, listening to some pretty awful stories, listening to a lot of suffering. It's quite overwhelming. And you may feel the same with some of the burdens around you, that it's hard. You may feel like, how am I going to help somebody else when there are chips all over my windshield, when there's no more margin for me? Well, the fundamental truth is this, is that your shoulders and mine are not broad enough for all these burdens, and they were never intended to be so. Christ's shoulders are broad enough. They bore the cross. So when we bear one another's burdens, we may do so with very simple, practical things, very earthy things that we can do for one another. But in doing so, we point to a bigger solution. We point to Christ and his cross, where all of the burdens of sin were taken, were born. We point to the tomb, where they still are. And we point to a resurrected Christ and his law of love. So a fear of, you, of not being enough keeps you from bearing one another's burdens. Cast that fear aside and look to the cross. It has borne the burdens already. Your greatest act of care is to be present in the name of Christ. It is the point all involved to Christ and his law of love, a love that we know, we know, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. This is our call. Amen. Amen.